The Cubs make a surprising trade with the Dodgers. Could they be poised for a big offseason even after this? Let's go. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alongside Sam Olber, I'm Matt Cozy. Best way to support the show is by listening every day on your preferred audio platform and by pressing like and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Sam and I are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Today's episode is presented by Game Time. Welcome back to Game Time to the show. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Well, everything was dormant until Tuesday, and now activity is just picking up. The Cubs acquired top prospect Michael Bush and relief pitcher Yancy Almonte from the Dodgers on Thursday for pitching prospect Jackson Ferris and outfield prospect Zaire Hope we're going to break down this trade and a whole lot more, including uh, where the Cubs go from here and the reports that they're going to be in a very active market in these few weeks before spring training. Sam, the Cubs got a good one in Bush. He is uh, at his own peril in the Dodgers depth chart. He got squeezed out by a few different guys. Uh, But this trade on the surface looks like the Northsiders added not one but two players to the opening day roster. Yeah, I think the first thing, Matt, that we need to do when you dissect a trade like this, because I'm reading the comments, is let's, and you said this off the air, let's not, what does this mean for everybody else? You know, Let's just talk about what this means for the Cubs. What did they give up? And yeah, what did I'd they like to re- do that. And what did they receive? So and let's I, start and I with think, what- I think we're going to do a good job of like informing about the two guys. Yeah, so let's they talk can about have what, an impact from day one. Absolutely. Let's talk about what they received. The headliner in this deal is Michael Bush. Okay. Not yeah. the old goal line running back for the Chicago Bears, oh. but a a a a first baseman can maybe play a little third, but probably not at the big league level. Second base won't have room for that there. First baseman, DH, lefty power bat that has been, I believe, right now, most uh most Outlets have him as a top two prospect for the Los Angeles Dodgers, as you mentioned. Number he's two. Not a, yeah, he is not uh, in the big leagues because of Muncie, because of Freeman, and now Otani, which I'm almost positive you mentioned on this show a while ago, um, saying that maybe that 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 would drive Bush out of L.A. Um, what he brings to the table is a very solid bat. It's not just boomer bust offensively with the home runs. He does take a, his walks. He does have a good knowledge of the strike zone. He does get a lot more hits. It's not like a lot of people are like, hey, so it's the lefty Christopher Morrell. It's a bit different than that. Um, he's an advanced hitter. I believe Jeff Passan tweeted out as we have 240 plus with us here uh, in the middle of a workday. But Jeff Passan, wow. um, I believe Jeff Passan tweeted out that um, you know, he should be an opening day guy for the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, and and he'll he'll be on the opening day roster. Yeah. And 
I could see him hitting maybe sixth or seventh against righties. And I, I think it's a good addition because of his pop, his power. It's huge. And um, from know, the left side, from the left side, the Cubs don't have a ton of that. As far as El Monte goes, he is an asset. He is better than Qua. I think gosh, he, I, like I think he's better going into the season than a guy like Palencia and, and, and these guys. So is he an eighth or ninth inning guy? He could be. He has been in the past. In 2022, he had an ERA of 1.02. Uh, last year, he wasn't as good. When he's not good, he tends to walk people and struggles to get out left-handers. But but he is a guy. Like, we've talked about adding two relievers. This is one. So you've, okay. hit, a, you've hit a left-handed bat pop check, and you've hit a reliever check. Does this mean no Bellinger? No, that's not what it means. They're still going to get Bellinger most likely. It impacts that zero. Yeah, we'll talk about impact stuff, whatever. What did they give up? I don't really know a whole lot about the other player in the deal, Jackson Ferris. To get something, you got to give up something. He's 19, put him in the Dodgers pitching system. Yes, he may be very good. I believe Lindsey Crosby had him at uh, uh, number five on the Cubs board when he was on a, a week or so ago. So they gave up something. But, you know, Bush could be... Bush could be really good, so that's that's it. And the reason why I like a trade like this and why I, I've never really been a prospect hugger is because Michael Bush is going to play on March 28th, mm-hmm. and they traded a player for him that his big league ETA is literally 2027. And at some point, you're going to have to do that. I understand Ferris has high upside, but so does Michael Bush, and Bush has a lot of years of control left. He's right. got six years of control. Um, I think the lefty power is is uh, the, the biggest part of the acquisition here. Um, of course, we'll translate this to the, to the Boris market and otherwise. But Bush, right away, and Sahad and Sharma locally, as well as Pass and Sam, have now inferred that he's at first. Right. Okay. And, and, you know, he played mostly third last year, but at this type of level, I think the first base spot is where he's he's best. Then you slot him in at DH as well. Um, so maybe you have Bush at first. You have a bush Morell rotation at DH. Um, we'll, we'll see. And, and again, I think the two check boxes, even offensively, you can still leave those open, and we'll get to that again later. But the Almonte thing is intriguing too. And I like the information that you you were bringing us there. Um, he diced up hitters in 2022. When your ERA starts with a one, um, you, you, you take a look at that. I know he struggled last year. But the Cubs have uh, Alzali, Leiter, Merriweather, Smiley, Wisniewski. That could be five dudes in the bullpen right there. Then if Wicks or Assad, whoever wins or loses the fifth spot as of right now, if they don't go to Des Moines, then they go to the pen. So really there's only two or three bullpen spots anyway. Right. Um, so you, you like his arsenal. You wonder what, what's next in terms of the relief corps and maybe if they go after a star there uh, out of the blue. Um, but just a, a – a good old-fashioned trade, dare I say, at, a, at a, a player that was squeezed out with his team and is going to get all the opportunity in the world with his new one. 
Yeah, I think my my only concern about it to go that route would just be we learned last year that first base defense does matter. Um, and the it got so bad for the Cubs, they had to put Talkman in center and Bellinger at first base because they just didn't have a good defensive first baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you don't want to just give away that position, but, you know, hopefully he could play average there. And when you just look right. look around the diamond right now, let's assume that Bellinger comes back, okay? Let's just assume for a second. Gomes is catching. You still do not know who's playing third. Dansby at short. Nico at second. Let's say Mr. Bush slots in at first base against righties on opening day. Around the outfield, you have Hap, Bellinger, Suzuki. So DH and third base are still open. So even if you acquire Bellinger, there's still a hole for Morel to fit in as your current DH. Now, yeah. if you were to if you were to go get a Reese Hoskins, then that would really complicate things, I think, for Christopher Morel because then that would either force right. him to play third or he wouldn't be playing at all. Um, and Hoskins you know, isn't great at first. No, no. So you could go get, you know, Chapman is still available now. The Cubs still have that whole third. Maybe it's magical. Who knows? But the point I'm trying to make is this doesn't, the Cubs needed a lot of help. So this is just one check mark offensively um, where there's, and they still have a hole at DH. They still have a hole at third base. Or you could say if Bush is the DH, they have a hole at first base and a hole at third base. I think he's going to play first because that leaves it open for Morrell. You know, and then, you know, like you said, there's, there's a lot of different options they could do bullpen wise. I still think they need another, another arm and, and a better one at that, but this is still a, a piece towards rectifying that. And I've ebbed and flowed personally on Morel a bunch. Do you really think they're going to try him at third still? I, I, I just, just, I just don't. I don't because people have seemed to have this false idea that, Hey, you have Dansby and Nico. So third's not as important. No, No, it's actually, it's actually more important because what's the point of building your whole infield around defense. If you're going to leave one of the four positions and, and one of the three biggest ones unattended. So I I do think they're going to find that my guess is the opening day third baseman will be either Matt Chapman or Nick Madrigal. Okay. Okay. That would be my guess. I think they're going to value defense there. Right, right. All right, well, let's talk about some of those scenarios and, and who might uh, might be on board, who might be impacted by this, this Bush and Almonte trade. And just remind each other of the targets, both on the Boris market and perhaps even the trade market. And we do that coming up next. Today's <laughs> episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like a live same-game Parlay, you can find your bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. There's so many ways to find popular parlays and a whole lot more on that FanDuel app. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the LockedOn Podcast Network. We're back here on LockedOn Cubs. We are live exclusively on YouTube right now. If you're watching the replay, or re-watching after watching live. Shoot. Uh, thank you so much. And shout out to all the audio peeps, Apple, Spotify, 
and more. The Cubs make a surprising trade with the Dodgers on Thursday. Michael Bush and Yancy Almonte from the Dodgers to the Cubs. Jackson Ferris and Zaire Hope from the Cubs to the Dodgers. And I think the time has arrived, Sam, to realize the Cubs could still have a huge offseason. Multiple reports on Thursday, uh, how timely, indicated the Cubs are poised to do just that as we are inside of five weeks until pitchers and catchers report to Mesa AZ. I do think after this trade, I have to say, Chapman is now more likely than Hoskins. Really? I I thought better of it, but I and then I kind of reversed my my fortune on on that because Hoskins figures to get less years than Chapman, but the longer the calendar goes, you wonder about that. And if Chapman pegs down to a three-year uh, deal, I think the likelihood of that over one or two years of Hoskins is way, way higher. Um, I don't think they like Hoskins at first. You know, why has he been the player really, besides Bellinger, so closely associated with the team and they've gotten nothing done? I get it's a bit of a staring contest, but um, something to consider. I think Bellinger's still destined to be on this team. Um, Chapman on a short-term basis. And then there's a couple other names, too, that popped up Thursday. We've talked about Montgomery throughout the week. Of course, I would like the Bellinger-Montgomery combo the most. But you look at the payroll right now. You look at the luxury tax ceiling. They got 40, 50 M's to play with. And I hope they do it in an impactful way. Yeah, I just want to... I agree with what you said. I just want to address like a ton of PCA questions. PCA, PCA, PCA. It's real oh, okay. quick. PCA is not going to start the year with the big club. Okay. That I think everyone feels, it, it, assuming they bring Bellinger back. This is all right. assuming. That would be a surprise. If they bring Bellinger back, he will be playing center. If PCA skyrockets and becomes the guy we all want him to be, then in this situation, PCA shifts to center. Bellinger shifts to first base. Bush shifts to DH. Uh, it's not that complicated to figure that that part out. Um, as far as what you said, I agree with you. I think the, the Hoskins thing now becomes less likely because I look at it with wisdom. If you want, if you if you really like Bush's bat, if if you really like Bush's bat, mm-hmm. then Bush then plays first versus righties. And then, you know, if you're j- you're not going to spend that much money on Hoskins if he's only going to play versus lefties, you already have a good power guy with wisdom against, you know, lefties anyway. I just hope wisdom, you know, could learn how to play the position a little bit better than he showed last season. Right. So he could um, hit the lefties. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think you're going to give yourself a huge headache if you really, and not you, Matt, but the listeners, if you really start to make this in general, like, hey, who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? That's that Craig Council's yeah, job. That's, that's happens all the time. Those are good problems to have. If yep. all these guys, if all these guys perform and do what they need to do, and it's actually a difficult decision, then the Cubs are going to be winning games. My yeah. guess is, is somebody's not going to perform, and it's going to become very easy. So when these right. moves happen, don't don't give yourself a headache for no reason. <laughs> Enjoy the move. Let be me happy do that, that when I make the lineups. Yeah, be happy that the Cubs. Be happy that the Cubs just added some lefty pop and some young lefty pop. Uh, that, that could be, you know, that could be a foundational piece if he's really good. You got to remember, exactly. you know, hey, why would the Dodgers trade him? He's got Muncie at third, Freeman at first. He can't Va- play there. Vargas at second. 
uh, Otani DH. So it's it's yeah. not like there's this massive or Mookie Betts, excuse me, Hernandez. Yeah. It's Betts at second, Freeman at first, Muncie at third, and Otani at DH. Those are his positions. So they had to deal him, and the league knew that they had to deal them, and mm. that's probably why they got you know a guy like Ferris and not a top guy. But this is as my dad as my dad texted me the top two prospect for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, that that's pretty good. So yeah. yeah. Don't worry about He's got Morrell, great credentials. PCA and Bush. Let these guys figure it out. They needed more depth and they got it. And um, as far as what you're saying, Matt, I agree. The Hoskins thing now, unless it's a really team friendly one year deal, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because then you would have three guys on your roster that are really only limited to like one plus positions don't have tons of speed, you know what I mean? Things like that. So, right. And I, and to be honest with you, I kind of like it because I hope Boris, I hope it hurts hurts Hoskins' value a bit because that whole negotiating process has been ridiculous. Coming off a torn ACL, one year, fifteen to seventeen millions, plenty. He should be signed already. Right. Well, and I, I also think that four hundred fifty-five with us. Well, I wanted to point out in terms of the corner infield that. Let's say the Bellinger-Montgomery combo happens. Don't be surprised if it's Bush Wisdom at first, Magical Mastro at third. Because that's where you made your investment. That's where maybe you did a little overpay for each guy. You got your guys. You got a top-flight starter, a top-flight bat. Um, So I think there's a reality where that's still possible on the corners. And, oh, I lost did I, did I cut you off? Cause I lost you for a second. No, I got you. Oh, I, I will say there is one guy that is totally impacted by that. And that's Matt Mervis. I mean, if I'm Matt Mervis right now, I I'm hoping that I get traded at this point because basically Michael Bush is just a more highly touted, better version of Matt Mervis mid twenties prospect first base, a lot of power, a lot of minor league success, cup of coffee in the major leagues. Didn't work out. You know what I mean? So yes. I, I really don't see, to use your phrase, I really don't see a path for Matt Mervis to right. play for the Chicago Cubs unless there's a major injury. And you would have liked to have seen what he could do out of out of spring training and maybe just toyed around with the idea of him uh, in some sort of platoon with, with wisdom. But, yeah, I think he's uh, he's firmly out of the plans now with the Bush acquisition. Um, could you get any value back for him? I don't know. I wonder if, you know, you call Uh, up a team that, that really doesn't have a a first baseman or DH. Yeah. yeah, You know, with, with some upside and some ceiling and and ask for a reliever back. Like, I wonder if that's a deal that could be had, you know, uh, a Nelson Velasquez type of trade. Yeah. One for one swap. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other name that I heard on Thursday again, we haven't heard him in a while, and he's not represented by Boris, so there's a little bit of a twist there, is Josh Hader. Uh, has his market come down at all? Because if it has, then the Cubs could be a partner at a high AV for a two- or three-year deal. Um, and that would be a, just a massive addition, and that slides everybody back on the bullpen rung. Alzali eighth inning, Hader ninth inning. Um, it sounds good to me, you know, obviously easier said than done, but he's still out there too. Um, so you're at the point in the off season where you are allowing yourself to dream again a little bit, 
Um, I don't know if you if I want to reveal the win total that <laughs> you joked around with on the phone earlier, but but we are dreaming a little bit again, and we're yeah. getting excited. And it's inevitable, I think, that the Cubs do sign at least one or two of these guys that we're mentioning this segment. And that is going to be exciting when it happens. Yeah, and I will say there was a signing today. The, the Brent Suter to the Reds thing was a little bit odd. I, I I was shocked that he was a one-year, $2.5 million guy. Yes, um, I thought, way I less thought than he, projections. I thought he was a really good fit for the Cubs. Um, of course. But, you know, they didn't. And you kind of just have to trust Jed and counsel on that, you know, because yeah. obviously they know. Um, and I will say this, I, um, I, th- there is one element of this trade that I do want to talk about mm-hmm. just really quick. And, and I, I'm reminded by it by a comment. I'm just making sure I want to read it because, oh yeah, uh, I, I, I don't want to, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it has Kurt. I can't post it because of, of the language, We're but, a family show, so. but the Cubs need to make a big signing because right now there are two signings, albeit very successful. I think, or, or, or excuse me, signing and trade. It is very small marketing. Okay. They, they went and got him Imanaga on a massively team friendly contract. Almost feels like they got lucky that he wanted him to come. Right. And then they traded for, you know, instead of an established stud, they went out and got a young guy. That's very cheap. That has tons of upside. Like that's a great yeah. small market type of move mm. with El Monte. So I would really now none of this matters if you go out and give Bellinger 175 million. That's not a small market type of move. So you know, I will say I, I just I think it's important that they follow up with something big because right now these to me today's move is a very solid margin type of move. It is okay. you know it's a little bit more than that because of the upside, but it's just like hey. That's a very sneaky, shrewd move. We needed some left-handed power, and we basically got left-handed power without having to give up any major salary. We just gave up a, yeah. a prospect. So, But my whole point is I hope they use that, Matt, to go spend more money. Go spend, you know, of I want course. this team to be top three to four in payroll this year. I think right now they're sitting sure. at like seventh or eighth, so they got a couple moves to do that. And and then I'll feel really good because you, you add Bellinger, you add Bush, you have a nice combination of, Sure things, you know, we know what Ian Happ is. We know what Dansby is. We know what Nico is. Um, yeah. We feel like we know what Saya is. Hopefully we know what Belly is. And then with upside guys like Morell and Bush and then potentially PCA, you know, it, it's kind of a cool roster that's that's forming, but I just want to make sure that we spend the appropriate amount of money. And is this the first of two trades? You know, what do trade partners with the Guardians look like? You know, what was the last time the Cubs – Checked in with them, I'm sure, early and often. Uh, you know, is Bieber still out there? Uh, the Mariners and Marlins are a unique trade partner. Do the Rays uh, still want to shed some players under the heavier arbitration numbers? Um, of course, any of these deals outside probably Bieber would come with a high cost, uh, but you're willing to do it if it means impactful additions that you have under team control um, and, and that you're, you're able to give up some prospect capital. I think this trade on Thursday with the Dodgers is an indication that Jed, given the right partner, given the right situation, given the right return, he'll trade some capital 
Ferris was highly, highly regarded. I know his ETA is 2027, um, but there's other players on that list that if traded, your system is still a good system. Um, so it's really about finding that right team that wants to do it. Um, I think there's a lot of intriguing options. Again, I, I'm still personally looking at the free agent market, um, but just wanted to remind about possible trades. Yeah, and I, I think the Cubs really should have, I mean, you know, what 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 have they added so far in salary? Uh, 15 million for Imanaga next year? Right. Uh, I mean, they, they, they should be adding, I would say, at least 30 to 40 more million dollars next year in salary. Mm-hmm. You figure yeah. Bellinger will be in the low 20s. That still gives you, you know, another reliever yeah. potentially. You know, I they, would they say almost able- closer to 50. Yeah. You know, it all depends on the luxury tax and, and you know, is Jed willing to go over the the thing that for me is, is I think he has to go over because the whole excuse of why he didn't add another reliever at the deadline last year was because he didn't want to go over and that cost us a playoff spot. So at yeah, some point was. you got to be willing to go over You're the Chicago, you're right. the Chicago freaking Cubs and, and, and please don't, please don't, please don't use the snowstorm this weekend as an excuse because Cubs convention attendance might be low. Oh gosh, no. No, you know. Yeah, Snowmageddon is apparently on the way in the Chicagoland area. Uh, perhaps that does impact Cubs convention attendance or something like that. Um, but hey, everybody's inside. We're locked to the TVs. Make a move. Make a move. I would like to. We would like to. What a beautiful recap! Shirt some of the live event. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, from Wednesday nights, and we do that next welcome back to game time they've been such a great partner of ours here at locked on cubs and they're back here in the new year to the show you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event we're talking sports we're talking music we're talking comedy we're talking theater they have killer last minute deals with all-in prices views from your seat best price guarantee They take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Here in the new year, you're you're trying to scour the market for seats. What deals can you find? What events would you like to be at? And game time is the place to go, and they will take good care of you. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDON. For $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on Locked On Cubs. 500 plus at one point on the live. Very grateful that you would join us here on a late Thursday afternoon, early evening. Shout out to everybody on the replay and audio. As the Cubs get Michael Bush and Yency Almonte from the Dodgers. Uh, for a couple of prospects. Hey, Matt, before we break down the live show, I just want to yeah. quickly, because uh, rep- this is significant, the Cubs, um, all the arbitration stuff was handled today. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I'm not going to get into all of them. The big one was Steele. 
you know, that you didn't want to have a burn situation with him. You didn't want they to go agreed to, with everybody, right? Yeah, they agreed with everybody, so they didn't go to a hearing because that could make things a little awkward. Where, where you know, the Cubs representative saying, you know, Justin, the last month of the season, you really hurt us. You don't like doing that stuff, and so no. they agreed. Steele got four million. The only other one I thought was kind of interesting was Alzali got two point one million, um, which was I think significantly lower than he was um, supposed to. Uh, or uh, yeah, significantly lower than he was supposed to get. So. That I think he was two point five, so the Cubs settled there with with pretty much everybody, um, and no issues. Yeah, no, that is good news. It's good to get that that update, and uh, we wanted to share and just show appreciation for our first ever live show Wednesday night at the Arcata Theater in St. Charles. We were in the the Rock and Ravioli room, really nice setup there in St. Charles. Um, great attendance, met a lot of loyal listeners. And uh, we're excited to take these steps of getting out on the road. Um, and it was a great time, Sam. Oh, it was it was a tremendous time. I, I got uh, a picture uh, in a minute. I'll flash up a picture. Yeah, I hope everybody comes comes out February 7th. If you're if you're somewhat close to the displays area, it was a great time. I mean, we did um, we did a show. We did some trivia. We did some giveaways, some meet and greets. We had great audience, super interactive. It was it was very rewarding. You know, just yeah, and I'm going to try to put the displays link in the chat um, as we're going here because I'd like to start promoting that a little bit um, more as yeah. well. That's Wednesday, February 7th. Yeah. Um, and and we, we'd love if you're in the Chicagoland area to join us. Uh, shout out some... to Jose who was there, Sam. Yep, Jose uh, was there. in the chat right now, so I wanted to show that. Yeah, and um, you know, shout out to everybody – that came from out of state. I mean, we had, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sick five or six people that, that came from, from, you know, Iowa, quad cities, Indiana. Um, you know, it was a, uh, it was, it was a really nice, it was really fun, really cool to see rewarding and, and, and awesome to, um, to be a part of that. Tickets only $10. There's uh, great food, great drinks, um, so it's a it's a whole night out, and that's a that's a really cool thing. Here's a picture from the night right there. That's before the show. Uh, so wanted to show that, and we're we're looking spiffy right there. I have to say, uh, fresh off the live theater, we look like royalty with those chairs. <laughs> yeah, you know, I felt like King Louis, from a different era for sure. Yeah, no, Louis the Fourteenth, like or something like that. Pending any breaking news, I I would like. Uh, to, to, to be back here on Monday this time around in our off-season schedule to recap Cubs convention. Um, and so we're excited to do that. We'll, we'll keep an eye on what happens this weekend. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of Locked On Cubs. You give us 20 to 30 minutes. We'll give you all things Cubs with a laugh or two along the way. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. Shout out to the audio peeps on Apple, Spotify, and more. Sam, anything else? Very fascinating trade. Very going to learn more and more about it as we go. Um, overall, I'm happy with it. Um, and, and, and yeah, just a very interesting deal. He's Sam Olver. I'm Matt Cozy. This is Locked on Cubs. There is momentum happening here. 